Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. And I'm Arnie. And if we sound like we're on the road, we're actually not. I was in the process of moving our recording studio to a new room of the house and it's kind of disassembled. So we are relying on our portable equipment for at least one week, maybe two. Yeah, but you'll be excited to move to your new place with all the new stuff you've got in there and it's going to be great. Absolutely. It was one of those things, I'm sure other people have done it, you start moving your furniture, and then you realize, wow, this is taking a lot longer than I thought, especially when it involves computers and about 12 external hard drives. Yeah, spending the day moving hard drives because you have to carry them like bombs is not fun. It's not like you can throw them in a tote and just go. But we have a lot of things to talk about this week, a lot of exclusives coming out, a lot of new online orders. But of course, the first thing is if you're in the States, the Toys R Us exclusive Endor AT-AT. If you haven't found it, it's because you're just kind of not looking. Most stores have it coast to coast, and if yours doesn't, it's available online, not to ship to your house, but to ship to your local store in about a week and no shipping charges. Well, that's always nice to do that because you do save on the shipping. I'm holding off on this. Maybe I have a conspiracy theory mind, but it seems convenient that they took away that $25 off coupon for purchases of $100 or more just before they started showing up nationwide. They showed up in some areas, and they've replaced it with a new coupon, $10 gift card if you spend $50 or more. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to see if I can get that $25 off this. So wait a second. Do you think that Toys R Us only puts out big ticket items when they have no coupons going? Because if they're just doing that for the Star Wars items, that would be totally ridiculous. If they got it in for Star Wars fans, what's going on? All right, perhaps I'm just seeing correlations where there are none. I think that might be the case. I'm not the only one who's kind of playing the, I wouldn't call this the long game, but maybe the medium game on the AT-ATs. I know that several other collectors I've talked to online have seen it and are waiting to see if a coupon code comes out, it just one of those things where you kick yourself if it goes down in price. And these are moving, but they don't appear to be so limited that if you wait a week or two, you'll miss it. What's strange is Toys R Us has changed. Instead of doing a Sunday to Sunday promotion, they're now doing Thursday to Thursday. 
Their latest promotion ended last Thursday and starting Friday was the $10 off gift card. That is kind of odd, but maybe it's some marketing ploy to get people in for the weekend with the new coupons. Makes sense. So with stores being a little barren, I'm doing my collecting and having it delivered to my doorstep. We got in this week the April Fool's Day Jar Jar Binks Memo Bot. But it's not really April Fool's Day if I'm holding it. Well, it was April Fool's Day last year, and then this year they actually made it. It's limited to 500 pieces. We have numbers 101 and 28. That's completely random. It is an incredibly cute memo bot. I love that he's giving the double thumbs up. He's like doing the Fonzie. It's like he has suspenders on and he's hooking his thumbs in his suspenders. He's got his tongue hanging out to the side like a dog. He's cute. I love Jar Jar. I'm telling you, he's going to be hot. I'm an early trendsetter on Jar Jar. The one thing that I don't care for with the memo bot, though, I feel that the colors are a little bit muted. He looks a little bit like Silly Putty after you've used it too many times and it got dirty. Well, it's okay. I don't mind it. I'm I'm okay with it. It's not a problem. He's the one where the eyes actually work on the little bumps on the top. They need to do a boss ass like that, although I guess his eyes weren't up there. Looking on the back, I think they did him really well with Admiral Akbar too, by moving the bumps to the sides and having yeah. his eyes on oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's really cute, definitely. I think they're much better on alien species and people. I think they're much better looking. Yeah, I had to pick this up. Again, I passed on the green R2 unit they did for May the 4th, but I did get this. I did get a couple of things in this week, though, from May the 4th. I got in my Lego Jabba's Palace, and I got in the Super 7 Princess Leia print. Now, this was on sale, very limited from Super 7, and there were two versions. There was a pink version that was limited to 50 pieces, and it was gone in a flash. And then there was this copper version that was limited to 200 pieces. It was $50, and I picked it up because I kind of liked the cute, cartoony style of Leia. And it's Leia through the years, showing her evolution through the three movies. The one thing, though, that I just, I guess I didn't comprehend was that it's 24 inches long, but 7 inches tall. It's a very odd shape. Yeah, it really feels small. It almost feels like you took a newspaper strip from Dilbert or something and blew it up a little bit. It has a real smallness to it that I just didn't expect. I still like the art. I just think that it gets lost in this small size. Well, and this is one of my pet peeves with art, is people making these absurdly ridiculous sizes for art that you have to go out and buy custom frames for. And it's always just very frustrating. Now, I wasn't even going after the pink version of this because I thought it kind of looked a little garish. I'm guessing it sold out because it was limited and not because it was a better color. It would be great on a little girl's wall in her room, but not so much, I think, for a collection. This copper one is still in stock. Everybody was saying, oh, it's going to sell out so quick. Oh, it's going to sell out so quick. I guess people didn't like it as much as I did. I still, again, think it's very good art. I think it's a real fun piece. And it's limited to just 200 pieces. So you can get that now from Super 7. We'll have a link from our website. And then our anniversary was this past weekend. And Marjorie got me some art. I did. I got you that Mondo Greedo poster that you missed out on. Mondo posters are a blink and you miss it. You basically have to follow them on Twitter. And if you don't see the tweet within 15 seconds and get that poster in your cart and pay for it, then you pretty much lost out. It is a super duper exclusive poster. 
it's been a long time since as a Star Wars collector, I've had those cases where you have to race to Sideshow site or race to General Giant site. Those seem to be the big two, and things would sell out so quick. I mean, the Black Hole Stormtrooper minibus is the epitome for me of that, where I was at work, you were at work, we were on the phone with each other trying to get it added to the mm-hmm. cart. I was getting text messages from collectors, everybody trying to get it in the cart. You're crashing their servers. Everything's so slow. It seems that very little in Star Wars collecting carries that server crashing heat anymore. Either people have upgraded their servers or... I think that there's just not big exclusives like that anymore. Things don't sell out like that. They've also changed the way they do edition sizes. I mean, General Giant, you've got to be in the Premier Guild to get some of the stuff. And Sideshow, they set their edition sizes after things have been up for a while so that they can meet the demand. You don't have to get there in the first hour, usually. Yeah, but I think this all came to a head when General Giant had to have armed security at Comic-Con one year. I'm not sure if they were armed. I would bet that they were. They just looked a little Secret Service-y. But all of that pales to a Mondo sale. Those things, again, their servers crash, and they have extremely limited prints. They only make 200 or so of the posters, and they're usually pretty cheap, 40 to $70. And the people who get them, they're just flippers, pretty much. I have never sold a Mondo poster that I've been lucky enough to get, but instantly you'll find... A hundred of them, they sell 200, a hundred of them will be on eBay for three to four times the retail. I think this is how some people make a living, is just selling exclusive stuff on eBay. But I didn't get that Greedo. I remember when they did these Star Wars prints, that was the first time I'd ever heard of Mondo posters. Now I follow them because of that, and see, they did some Evil Dead ones last week, and some Iron Man ones the week before, and every time I see them, it's funny because the tweet comes up, Evil Dead is there, and like, seconds later to the tweet, Evil Dead is sold out. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there going, thank God I'm not stressed about it. So I did miss out on that Greedo, but I came to really like it. When it first came out, I was a little cold. I didn't get the Mondo style of the weird kind of color palettes they use and the way that they overdo it. But the Greedo eventually grew on me and I was kicking myself. And you'd been trying to get me one for a while, I think. Yeah, I have. I've actually been trying since Christmas to get one for you. And it's been... A little challenging as if they go up for a buy it now, somebody buys it now. That's just how it works. If you're lucky to find one that's actually an auction, sometimes they go for crazy, 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 crazy amount of money. And I just had to sit on one and wait and I found one that I ended up being the high bidder, but it, it took me a good four months to get one. And you didn't tell me and you were worried I was the second highest bidder. Yes, that often worries me sometimes when I buy things for you is that I'm bidding against you. But in this case, you weren't, so... that's that's very comforting. No, I had a save search up for Mondo Greedo. It appears that they've got a new one out. I don't know if it's actually Mondo. They use Mondo in the title, but I didn't hear about it anyplace except from eBay. It's a profile of Greedo instead of a straight-on, and it just looks a little bit blah. It's kind of plain. I don't think it's an actual Mondo, but it's showing up. But the one you got me is the really colorful, really intricate Greedo. It reminds me of a 60s concert poster. That's what it reminds me of, those nice, colorful, pretty, kind of abstract posters. That's what it reminds me of. And you were just complaining about poster size? Oh, yeah. These are very odd sizes. And the only place I can find frames that fit these are Walmart. It's a standard 24 by 36. Okay. They're just big. Yeah, they are big. 
Walmart has some really nice frames, though, that are only about $20 that fit them absolutely perfectly, and they look really nice. They're a basic black plastic frame. Poster frames are hard to find where they don't look like something you're hanging up in your teenage bedroom. And these actually have the wider frame around the outside, so they're just not that sliding black plastic stuff. Yeah, I think they are plastic, but it looks like wood. It's a a thick frame versus, like... Some of those really small frames that we put our celebration posters in some really cheap frames we got at, I think it was Michael's. Yes, it was Michael's. And those things, you take the sides off and then you have to lay the poster down and put the back and sides on and pinch it all together with this Mm -hmm. tiny black border. These look really nice. Now, they're not archival quality. They're not going to be acid-free plexiglass on the front. You can go and Get this professionally framed for several hundred dollars with the reflective free acid-proof glass. I'm trying to keep the displays a little bit more reasonable and trying not to stress out needlessly over acid and plexiglass because the exponential costs of framing. You could spend a small fortune framing in acid-free and archival quality things and you gotta look at the cost of the item. Yeah, as limited as the Mondo poster is, I wouldn't feel right spending more on the frame than you spent on the poster. You have no idea how much I spent, though. Okay, maybe that came out wrong, because your face just, like, fell. Let's just say I'm not going to tell you how much I spent for you to judge how to do that. You've seen the going rate. Yeah. Let's just say I won. Okay. I also did buy some Hasbro toys this week. They have been dispatched. I love it when I shop at (laughs) Amazon.uk. Being delivered fancy. Your parcel has been dispatched. It's the nuances. Makes it feel like they're offering me Grey Poupon. But after going to junk store after junk store, TJ Maxx, Ross, Tuesday Morning, Five Below, I'd heard that this Nabu Starfighter that didn't really ship very much in the States had been showing up. I was checking Tuesday Morning because they sometimes get that same kind of stuff in. Gordman's is at one I think had been seeing it, and ours did have vehicles that looked like they were from that assortment, but no sign of the Jedi Starfighter. So rather than subject myself to these stores that feel a step above goodwill, (laughs) I decided to hit eBay, and there were none on eBay. I could have found the 1999 Phantom Menace one, but I couldn't find anywhere on eBay the green-boxed Naboo Starfighter. That's odd. But Amazon.co.uk had it for just a little bit over $30 shipped, and this is US dollars, so obviously the British pounds were less. Yes. But I was able to get myself two of those and have those shipped, and they are on their way here by the slowest, cheapest shipping method possible. I imagine they'll be here in a week or two. Carrier pigeon? I'm finding there's a lot of bargains if you go to Amazon.co.uk. If you're looking for collectibles, sometimes things are just cheaper if you even have them shipped overseas. Some premium format statues, minibus, I've been doing a lot of shopping over there in comparison price shopping. And because it's a UK site, it doesn't come up. If you search Amazon.com, they're not going to show you the UK things. And some of their sellers don't want to ship overseas, and they'll just say, cannot ship to your address. But I've been finding more and more that will. So what does Amazon UK think you are? I know Amazon US often gets confused on you. Does it have the same kind of algorithm? I think that there is some bleed over between them, because it seems to suggest the same things. I'm using the same account. Yeah. It's just I go to a different site and was able to get these Naboo Starfighters at 
what I consider a good price. I mean, if we'd found them on shelves, they would have been 25 to 29 plus sales tax. And here I got them for a little over 30 after shipping. Pretty good price. And if you follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, you see I posted a couple of deals this week. I ordered from Cardamundi, The Empire Strikes Back, 30th anniversary, playing cards with tin. Now, I think we got these at Celebration 5. I don't remember. I think it was the 30th anniversary of Empire, and we picked these up, but it was $4.39 shipped at Newegg.com. So at that price, I'll play Solitaire. You mean with cards, actually? Yeah. And not on the computer? Yeah. Okay. The computer never loses one card, and then I can't count the flowers on the wall. Mm. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. And if you want to save even more money... Big Bad Toy Store is having a clearance sale right now. You can get the Vintage Wedge for $7.99. I know a lot of people never even saw him. More and more people have seen him, though. I remember when I paid $20 for it and was clicking my heels like I won a contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. They've got a lot of stuff in their clearance sale. You do have to scroll through page after page of clearance product to find it, but they have the Celebration-exclusive Gentle Giant Blue Clone Trooper statue for $99. They've also got Marbs on clearance, Arnie. Oh my god, I haven't thought about Marbs in years. $3.99, and they only have one of them. But they've got it on clearance. Oh, and the Anakin Skywalker also is $3.99. So you can get the Obi-Wan and the Anakin Marbs for $3.99. They also have the Star Wars Angry Birds Early Bird Pack on clearance for $7.50. And more and more, I'm seeing this Angry Birds Star Wars stuff go on clearance even in stores. I think I'll refrain from commenting on that. I'm hoping this means that it had its flash in the pan and that they're going to get back to making... Good toys? Collectible toys, things that I actually would care about versus... Are there people maybe who just collect Angry Birds stuff? Are there Angry Birds collectors? I'm sure there are. There's collectors for everything. Now, over at Entertainment Earth, they have a new item that came up that I wasn't even aware was coming. Jax Pacific, who makes a lot of those plug-and-play video games and things in Star Wars, has a 31-inch Darth Vader. Now, this is actually part of a series of figures they're doing. There's also a 31-inch Batman, a 31-inch Superman, and these are low articulation, fairly low detail, but big. I remember the big Batman that they made. Very similar. I don't know who this is going to appeal to. Children, maybe? I think kids like big toys. And they cannot lie. They're making a new Batman and a new Superman. The new Superman's for the upcoming movie. This Vader, I don't think he's too bad of a price given the size. He's $45. He has seven points of articulation. If you're going to have a seven point of articulation figure, I'd rather it be almost three feet tall than the little soap bottles that Hasbro shipping to stores. Yeah, I guess I just don't know what you'd do with it, but what are you going to do with anything? Put it on a shelf. It's a Darth Vader statue. If I saw it, well, it's a figure, not a statue. You can call it a statue, though. If I saw it in stores and got a chance to look at the detail and feel the heft, I might consider picking it up. But if it's anything like that Batman you were talking about that we saw in stores... Many years ago, I think back in 2007, they had it for Batman Begins, this almost three-foot-tall Batman. It looked really cheap, plasticky, rubbery. I'm not positive if that was Jack Specific, though. This looks like, from the photo, it may have a soft goods cape and be kind of nice. It costs more than their Batman by five bucks. 
I guess this was announced back at Toy Fair, and because Jack Pacific doesn't make a lot of Star Wars items, we didn't make it a point of stopping by. But this is a new line that they are starting with this Vader. And according to the press release, Jack Pacific can also make flashlights, play tents, arcade games, and more. It says it's to introduce a whole new generation of fans to Star Wars, so I don't think we're the target audience. I do not think we're the target audience. So wait a second, are there like legions of people who just walk down the toy aisle and see a 31-inch figure or something and be like, I must immediately cook everything related to that. Is that what they're thinking? That's exactly what happened to me when I saw my first Greedo in 1979. Oops. And speaking of having to collect everything of a certain line, Superhero Stuff is having a sale on t-shirts again, and they have a ton of new Star Wars t-shirts. What does this have to do with collecting everything in a certain line? I love t-shirts. You're saying you want every Star Wars t-shirt that they offer? Because you have a lot of t-shirts, but... I do, and a lot of them are Star Wars t-shirts. They have a lot of t-shirts. You could not possibly buy all of these t-shirts. Why don't they buy the adult or the women's ones? I wouldn't buy the children's. They do have a lot of cool designs, though. I gotta say, SuperheroStuff.com. There's a lot of shirts that I like for you as far as... There's a cute Chewbacca shirt. He's kind of a Kwai-style Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. I just like the vintage Star Wars logo women's shirt that has it look like it's distressed. It's just a plain black shirt with a white logo. That's kind of cool. I like the Mando symbol. It's a gray shirt with a dark gray Mando symbol on it. It's kind of subtle. What I'm not a fan of are the costume shirts, like the Chewbacca with the bandolier t-shirt or the Stormtrooper costume t-shirt. I don't think a lot of other people are either because I've yet to see any of those at a convention. I've seen some of the hoodies, like when Mark Echo did the Boba Fett hoodie and things. I've saw people wear those. And I've seen little kids now wearing those hoodies that have the hoods that zip up the front and become a mask that they can see through. I've seen several kids wearing those. When we were at C2E2, I saw a little kid in a Star Wars one of those with it completely zipped up over his head, so he was cosplaying. Well, if you say something you like over there, you can use star 12 and get 12% off. They're kind of like all posters. They always have a sale going on. 12% seems to be the average. Yes. If you're getting 12% off at superhero stuff, you're paying what you should pay. (laughs) If you get 13% or more, you have a bargain. And if you're paying retail, you must really need that shirt. (laughs) They're also at a lot of the conventions, too. So you can always buy them there. They have great deals at their conventions. You know, like buy two, get one free or whatever. And that's always fun. Now, over at Star Wars Action News sponsor Brian's Toys, they have a lot of stuff that is very cool and very rare right now. They have some gorgeous, gorgeous Revenge of the Jedi proof sheets for vintage mini rigs. He has actual pictures of these online. You wouldn't think that these are from the 80s. These look like they were just produced. And these are Revenge of the Jedi boxes, proofs for the INT-4, the MTV-7, and the tripod laser cannon. For those who collect rare and unusual items, especially for vintage toys, this is something you definitely should stop and take a look at. They're for the higher-end collector at $700 a piece, but I've never even seen these before, let alone in this great shape. That's amazing. The INT-4 is 16 inches by 30 and 3 quarter inches. The MTV-7 is 16 by 30 and 3 quarter. And the tripod laser cannon is 17 by 25. These would be 
so wonderful framed with a vintage loose collection or a vintage boxed collection, but something that's nice and flat that you could easily get framed. And on these, yeah, use the non-reflective archival glass. Absolutely. And speaking of framing, they also have a number of new pieces of art from Acme Archives. There's three new pieces by Brian Rood. There's Redemption, which is canvas art of Han Solo. And he's looking a little bit older. It's on the Falcon. You kind of see the older, wiser Han Solo, but in the back is the shadow of him holding the blaster. I kind of like the subtlety of that silhouette. It is a play, I think, on what they did with the Phantom Menace poster where you had little Anakin, but the shadow of Vader. Yeah, I think that you're right. That's a play on that. He looks very thoughtful in this one. There's also a Boba Fett piece by Brian Rude on The Hunt. And then a third piece, they have Jabba's Hut Club by Mike Kungle. Barrett interviewed him on our show last week, and you can get this piece of Jabba and Slave Leia there. And I'm not quite sure what the big purple balls are, though. They seem odd and random. But this is a 95-piece hand-numbered edition and available now at Brian's Toys. For a little bit less money, there's also... By Mark Daniels, a Battle of Endor variant print. It's for the 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. I kind of like it for its style. It has kind of that Mondo feel with the strange palette. It does appear to be a very Mondo-inspired poster with the cutlers and the design. It's actually pretty cool, although I think a lot of it gets lost in the background with the TIE Interceptors and TIE Fighters. What I didn't notice till after I'd looked at it for a while was the Emperor dead in the center. I saw the Royal Guards, I saw the TIE Interceptors, I saw the Stormtrooper helmets, but the Emperor sitting right there in the middle, he kind of does get lost because he's black in a very colorful piece. And then finally, they do still have the Jocasta New figure in stock, ready to ship. And remember when checking out at Brian's Toys, please be sure to mention that you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. Well, it's May, Arnie, and Star Wars Weekends is in full swing. Lots of new collectibles down there. Yes, and they've got something new this year where you can be a stormtrooper using the same tech that they used at Celebration at Star Wars Weekends before to make yourself Han and Carbonite. Now they're making you a stormtrooper with your helmet off. That's kind of cool. I can see just about every single member of the 501st racing to Disney to get this so that they can have themselves in statue format. Now... I think everybody's dream is to be an action figure that they could place with their own action figures out there. That was kind of my hope for the Arnie and Marjorie and Carbonite figures, but these are quite a bit larger. They'd probably fit in pretty well with the new Black Series, though, the 6-inch Black Series. If you remember our reviews when we got those in about a month after Celebration last year, I was a little bit unhappy with the dot matrixy feel of how they did it. Yeah, I wasn't happy with how I ended up looking. I don't feel it looks like me. It was a very unattractive scan. The pictures were fun. The lady, I saw the pictures she showed me and they were great. But then when they put it into the action figure, it was just like, eh. I thought that they both looked okay. I just didn't think that the 3D printing technology that they were using was a very high caliber. No. Not that I've had a whole lot of experience with 3D printers. We were talking about 3D printed collectibles before on the show a couple weeks ago. And it just had these lines on it that I thought seemed a little bit low quality. It's like, it's a great concept, but a meh execution. Yeah, mine just is very mannish. 
I'm wondering how these stormtroopers will be. Looking at the pictures they have online, it looks like kind of like the Han and Carbonite. You don't get to pick your hair. There's going to be a few set hairstyles from you to choose from. Oh, you're right. It appears that people have the same hair, just different faces. It appears girls can get an updo or something similar to a short frou-frou bob. Yeah, I was thinking of bob. Hmm. But it's nice to have a girl body. The girl body seems to be a little bit more curvy than the boy body, which is kind of nice. For me personally, I always had a thing for Han and Carbonite because it freaked me out as a kid and scared me. So the Carbonite is more my thing. But like I said, for cosplayers or fans of the Empire, this is a good way to get a representation of yourself not being tortured. (laughs) And speaking of upcoming events... We are getting closer to con season, as we mentioned earlier, with San Diego Comic-Con. And also, our friend Mitch, up in Connecticut, is getting ready for later this summer, the Connecticut Comic-Con, with two N's there. And here's some information about his show. It's back! Connecticut Comic-Con returns to the Marriott Hotel in Trouble, Connecticut, Saturday, August 24th. Meet top writers and artists from Marvel and DC like Mark Bagley, Ron Garney, J.M. Demanius, Tom DeFalco, Tom Palmer, and Ron Mars, plus many, many more. Be part of the fun as Connecticut Comic-Con presents its first-ever costume contest for adults and kids. Get your camera out. Take pictures of R5-D4, R2-D2, the Landspeeder, the Batmobile, Batpod, Batcycle, and much, much more. Over 180 tables of comic books, toys, cool stuff, movie posters for you to shop through. That's Connecticut Comic Con. All the thrills and excitements of a big city con in a little town. That's Connecticut Comic Con. www.comiccon with two N's.com. Tickets on sale right now. Thanks, Mitch. Now, we also were at C2E2 just a couple weeks ago, and we missed out on that auction. We kind of gave a bit of a summary on what we'd heard happened at that vintage toy auction, where it sounds like there were some great bargains to be had. How were we to know? Daryl was staying for that auction, and he was able to give us a rundown on what actually happened, what it was like, and what things went for. Hello, Arnie and Marjorie, and all the Swan listeners. This is Daryl, Creature on the Forums. Here with a follow-up to the C2E2 coverage. In particular, the Vintage Toys and Pop Culture Auction held on Sunday at C2E2. This auction was handled by Blacksboro Auctions out of California, and it's what I refer to as a catalog auction, in that Blacksboro will go through, take all their items that they have to sell, group them in like categories, such as they had a different mix of some artwork, some old comic books, and other toys besides Star Wars, such as Thundercats, Transformers, and Masters of the Universe. They will then write a description of each item they have to sell, give an estimated price, and then put it in a catalog for those attending the auction to kind of follow along and see what's coming up. An example of one of these write-ups is for Lot 203. It was a Star Wars 20-back Luke X-Wing pilot. 1978 Kenner Star Wars Luke X-Wing pilot, new on card, 20 back G, graded 85 near mint plus by AFA. Estimated price, 200 to $300. Now, they usually get this estimated price by looking back on past auctions and other ways of selling items, and they kind of get a range for what they usually go for. They use this estimated price to determine their minimum starting bid for the auction, which is usually half the low-end estimate. So, for example, on this 20 back Luke X-Wing pilot, the estimated price was 200 to $300. So they take that $200 and cut it in half. So the starting bid was $100. Then 
They then go in $25 increments until they reach the maximum bid that they get. On this instance, uh, the Luke X-Wing went for $425. Now, on that minimum bid, if no one wants to bid that, they don't lower the bid. They just simply do not sell the item. Of all the items that sold for Star Wars related, there were 34 items that did not sell. Now, there was a mixture of phone bidders, online bidders uh, via iCollector, and then there was about 30 people in the room itself to bid. Now, of those 30 people, only about six or seven of us actually bid on items there at the auction. There were a total of 279 lots overall. As I said, it was a mixture of not only Star Wars, but some other items. And 85 of those items were Star Wars, so about one quarter of everything. Now, all the Star Wars were AFA graded, except for two prototypes that they had and two art prints. The art prints were the Episode One Glaché by Drew Struzan, which did not sell. And a framed George Lucas photo with his autograph, and it bought the minimum bid of $150. The two prototypes, one was a Master Replica's Han Solo Blaster. It ended up selling for $600, which, looking at some other auctions online and stuff right now, that tends to be what a regular Master Replica's Han Solo Blaster goes for. So somebody definitely got a good deal there if they're into prototypes. The other prototype was actually one of their main focuses of the auction. It's what they kind of used to hype it, and it's on the cover of the catalog. And what it was is a Vader 12-inch figure. Now, this was the prototype used in the Sears catalog for the photo references before the 12-inch figures came out in 1978. And it was actually 15 inches tall, not just 12 inches, hand-painted, and the final winning bid on it was $16,000. The rest of the Star Wars items were a mix of carded figures and multi-packs. Three, four, and nine-figure multi-packs, to be exact. And most of these multi-packs started at about the $500 price range. Uh, That was the minimum bid, so they were estimated to go in between $1,000 and $2,000. And a lot of them just did not sell. Now, those that featured popular figures, such as the Vader and Troopers 3-pack, sold for $750, and the Luke and Boba Fett 2-pack sold for $1,700, but most of the others just did not sell. They did not have enough interest. Now, one of the main reasons I went to this auction was because of the assortment of carded figures that they had. These carded figures ranged all the way from original 12-backs through the Power of the Force figures, and there were even some droids and Ewoks carded figures in there. Some of the highlights included that Luke X-Wing and a Jawa 12-pack that both sold for $425, a Boba Fett on a droids card that went for $950, a 12-inch Vader figure, uh, not the prototype, but an actual box 12-inch that went for $500, and a Millennium Falcon AFA graded that sold for $750. Now, even though some of these did sell quite well, there were others that didn't sell as high or even had no sell at all. I think a lot of this had to do with which card back each figure was on. For example, that 12-back Jawa that sold for four twenty-five, there was also a 20-back Jawa, still on a Star Wars card, but just a 20-back, and it only went for $150. And yet again, there was a Power of the Force Jawa that did not sell at all. Its minimum bid was $200, and no one saw fit to pay that price. Going back to our Luke X-Wing example, the 20-back sold for $425, and there was a Return of the Jedi 77-back that only sold for $100. There had numerous Vader figures. Uh, One of the steals of the show was a 12-back Vader, 
and it only went for $200. There was a Return of the Jedi 65 back that didn't sell at all. Its minimum bid was $200, and why pay that when you could have gotten a 12 back for that? They also had a 65D back Vader. Uh, the difference in that is the background photo of Vader has switched, and it did sell for $150. But then again, there was a Power of the Force Vader that, again, was not sold. Minimum bid of $250. Nobody paid that. Other popular characters that did not sell were Han, Chewie, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, all on Jedi cards. Once again, no sale. And a C-3PO on a Power of the Force card that did not sell. Now, as I said, there were some deals to be had such as that 12-back Vader that sold for $200. There was also a Power of the Force Emperor that sold for $125. And they had two Yoda 32-backs. Uh, one of them went for $125. That was the AFA-graded 75 version. And the AFA-80 version sold for 175 Now, since there were some bargains to be had at this auction, I would definitely recommend you checking out future auctions in your area or at future conventions you go to. There were definitely some deals to be had, and I ended up with four figures myself that I'm quite happy with. If you'd like to read a full rundown of all of the listings that they had there, you can go to the forums at StarWarsActionNews.com, look under Kenner Vintage, and I've got a posting there about this auction. It also includes a link to the catalog so you can read about each item and see a photo. And with that, I'll send it back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Daryl. And finally, in con news, the big con this summer... Certainly for us, you mentioned how quick Comic-Con's coming, but what hits me with that news is how quickly Celebration Europe is coming, because that's one week after Comic-Con. I know! It's wheels down from Comic-Con, and we immediately go wheels up back to Europe now this time. This is going to be crazy. I've never done two big conventions in two weeks. I can't imagine how crazy we are to do San Diego Comic-Con, which, as you mentioned, a grueling experience. It's rough. It really is rough. If you've never been to Comic-Con, trust me, it's a lot of walking, it's hot, it's cold, you're sweaty, you're freezing, you're hungry. I forget to eat some days. There's sometimes I have breakfast and I forget to eat until it's time for dinner. I sit down and I'm like, huh, I didn't have anything today. Admittedly, we run a little harder than most because of the shows. We're doing interviews and we've got scheduled appointments and some are on-site, some are off-site, some are completely in the opposite direction from where we need to be, and it seems that we traverse the hall more than the average person would need to. I also view it as a challenge to complete the floor every year, though. That is my one goal. I have to be able to see everything, even though I don't buy that much because you got to ship it home and not great bargains because it's a captive audience there, but it's my goal. I start one end, go to the other the whole time at least once. We've done that the past three or four years. Mm Mm-hmm. But speaking of buying and shipping, yeah, we're coming back from San Diego Comic-Con, home for a day, flying to Europe for Celebration Europe 2, and so excited for that. It's going to be such a great time. I just hope that that one day we have is enough to recover from one con before going to another. We're going to spend some time in Europe after the con as well. Oh, I plan on spending our day-long break at the spa and getting a massage and a pedicure. But the first Celebration Europe 2 exclusives have been announced. I'm kind of excited about these because some of them are really cool. They've got some t-shirts and things and some designs. I really like some of these. They've got like a European feel. You've got the modal nodes as a German band. Die modal nodes. 
Galactic Pub Crawl with the Haas Brewing Company. There's some Ralph McQuarrie, Darth Vader's castle. It's like a big castle on a mountain with the TIE fighter flying away from it. Yeah, that was supposed to be originally where Vader was based, and Macquarie drew some concept art for it, so now you're able to get that as a poster. It's really cool. I love Macquarie's style, though. Something I think is really cool are the Rebel and Imperial logos as football club logos. By football, she means soccer for us Americans. It's football. Come on. That's why it's so confusing for some people to talk to Europeans, I suppose. There's a great Return of the Jedi 30th Anniversary logo with Luke and Vader and red background. That's going to be a patch that you can get as there- well as well as a t-shirt. There's a great Speeder Bikes on the Autobahn that's a t-shirt and a poster. I think it would be better as a poster. I think it would be kind of cool as a poster. Nice way to give the German feel the Autobahn. Speeder Bikes? Okay, they're fast. The speeder bike chase in Endor did make my mother nauseous when we first saw the movie. Imagine if they'd ever gotten around to converting it to 3D. She probably would have vomited profusely. There's Star Wars coats of arms, which are going to be available on a variety of textile items, pins, t-shirts. They say patches. I like these designs a lot, and I can see myself getting the pins, because I think they'd be... They'd be great pins. Easy to carry, first of all, from Europe, and I think they'd look really good metallic. There's a Vader woodcut that's going to be on a t-shirt, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not either. I love the concept, though, of the German-inspired Vader t-shirt, Vaderhosen. Overall, I've got to say, my reaction to this is pretty cool. A lot of the stuff here is pretty cool. The German-themed items, the Autobahn, the Vaderhosen, the Dimodal Nodes... I like the niftiness of it. By the same token, I don't feel a great pull towards it the same way I didn't really feel like I had to have all of those posters that were Florida-inspired locations of Star Wars characters at Celebration 5. It's nice to have a souvenir that represents the fandom and the location, but Vaderhosen, it's funny, but it's a little campy. There's things that you chuckle at, and I just call those looky-loos, and there's things you go, and you look, like, hey, that's kind of funny, look at this, hey, oh, ha, ha, okay, move on, and don't buy it. That's yeah. the kind of way I feel that stuff, that's my looky-loo stuff. For me as a collector, the things that really excite me, well, I'm sure I'm going to get some of these things, I'm sure I'm going to get the football club logos, because they're kind of cool, and they'd be small patches or something like that. The things that really excite me, though, the things I'd love for my collection, are things that are exclusive but that you wouldn't want to necessarily associate with that con. The Macquarie poster of the concept art, that's a big thing. The 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, that's a big thing. I mean, you look at the exclusives we got at Celebration 6, one of the ones they could barely keep in stock were the magnets that reproduced the vintage carrying cases from Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Those were great things as collectors. If you look at the previous cons when Hasbro actually had figures, the George the Cool and the Darth Vader, because those were things people collected already, were heavy things to get. So for me, the three things here that excite me actually the most is the Macquarie art, the 30th anniversary Return of the Jedi logo, and then they have the Ewoks and Droids cartoon series logos. I'm kind of excited about the women's shirt with the Ewoks logo. I think that'll be great. 
I'm a little bummed because they have these Ewoks and Droids logos. I was hoping they might do magnets or something. But what they said is they're making a Droids logo unisex shirt. And then the Ewoks logo is only going to be on a ladies cut shirt and a kid shirt. Yeah, I guess that's kind of not fair because you might want an Ewok shirt. I think it's kind of fun. And it's a perfect tie-in this summer because Republic Forces Radio Network is watching and reviewing all episodes of the Ewoks cartoon series. You can go back and hear us get in trouble again with the Droids cartoon series. We did that a couple summers ago. This summer, as the crew waits for the bonus content to finish off the Clone Wars cartoon series, they're watching both seasons of Ewoks. So when I saw this here, I'm like, oh, how perfect is that? But... There's no magnets or any other collectibles, just shirts. And the problem with a shirt for a great design is it's hard to display. It ends up being something either you wear or you hang. And it, the more shirts we get, the less I feel like they make good collectibles. Well, I still need to make my quilts because I've got all these shirts. Some of them I'll never wear, but they're great designs. And that's where I've cut out a bunch of them already. And I'm going to make big quilts out of them for like watching TV and stuff like that. Yeah, but even then, I mean, if you use that quilt, it's going to get dirty. You're going to need to wash it, and these designs just tear up. Well, I don't know how to make you happy, Arnie. Put the droids and Ewoks logos on magnets at Celebration. That would make me happy. The way the coats of arms are coming as pins are... You know what I'd really like them to do? Lunchboxes with these logos. Little plastic lunchboxes. Would you pack your lunch in it? Absolutely not, but I would display it. Okay. But this is the first round of... Celebration exclusives. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they have. I have to say that more than most, carrying and shipping becomes an issue with Celebration Europe too, because again, we're going to a couple different countries after the celebration, and I don't want to be carrying poster tubes on flight after flight, nor do I want to incur hundreds and hundreds of dollars in international shipping. Well, I plan on taking a large empty suitcase to pack things in as well. I'm figuring breakables we can ship and just bite the bullet on those. But soft goods, I'm bringing an empty suitcase. <laughs> I'm just hoping for small things, patches, pins. But think of all the fun foreign shopping. That is true. All of the fun vendors that'll be there. Well, speaking of art and framing like we have this episode, last week when we had Mike Kungel on the show, he gave us an Acme Archives X-Wing print to give away. We've been running that contest on Twitter. I know a lot of people have been wanting it. We've got a lot of new follows and a lot of retweets on that. And we're going to announce the winner on this show. The winner of the Mike Kungle Acme Archives print is Brian Ulrich. So congrats, Brian. We have started following you on Twitter, so you can send us a direct message with your shipping information. You have 30 days to do it, or we're going to pick another winner. But send us your shipping information, and we will get that print out to you. And we hope you enjoy it. It looks really awesome. The more I saw it this week, the more I'm like, I gotta get that. I gotta get that. (laughs) And that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week, and hopefully we'll have some special guests on the show next week. Some good friends. Yes. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show.
We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that podcast at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. You can help support Star Wars Action News by making a donation using the Donate button at SWActionNews.com or by using affiliate links on the Star Wars Action News homepage when shopping online. Your support helps keep Star Wars Action News on the air. We also appreciate it if you would spread the word about Star Wars Action News. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes page is at SWActionNews.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is segment reporters Jerry, Brock, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve, graphic design by Chris, image editing by Jay, podcast enhancement by Andrew and Barrett, associate produced and podcast announcements by Brock. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. They also have the Angry Star Wars... Angry Star <laughs> What the hell is an Angry Star Wars? The Connecticut Comic Con with two N's there. Is this like the Who's the Boss Con? Because they were from Connecticut. I didn't realize that.